This very special presentation of a Tech Miss Carol is brought to you by Uncle Rodney's Roofing Service. This time of year, you're going to really want a, uh, says GD roof over GD roof over, over your, your head. head. I'm just reading from the script he gave us. Um, and there's no better place to come than Uncle Rodney's Roofing Service. That's right. This Christmas season, brrr, stay out of the cold with a roof above your head, direct from Uncle Rodney's Roofing Supply. Warranty notice, Uncle Rodney is not responsible for any problems that may have pre-existed his arrival at the house. Additional note, Uncle Rodney does not claim liability for anyone in the house when the new roof is installed. And the sector guarantee. Yep. And now, a Techmas Carol. Craig Linguini was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. Tim and Ted knew he was dead? Of course they did. How could it be otherwise? They were his best friends ever since they met him on the video of the Apple WWDC event. And though he had since been murdered by Tim Cook in the Hungry Games, Tim and Ted never took Craig's name out of their Find My Friends app. There it stood months afterward, above Darby, above Grady, above Gareth, obviously above Randy, whose name they did not know how to remove. Oh, but Tim and Ted were committed to their tech. Two typing, scrolling, posting, updating, control-zing dads. Soft and supple as potatoes, from which no meal had ever struck out generous hash browns. Secret and self-contained and solitary as oysters with fedoras on. The amount of time they spent on their computers froze their features, squashed their noses, puffed their cheeks, stiffened their gait, made their eyes red, their lips puffy, and spoke out shrewdly in their grating voices. Years of sunly abuse were present in their bulbous heads and on their eyebrows and in their dad-like wrists, too wide for any standard Apple Watch. Rain or shine, heat or cold, they were always on their computers. Nobody ever stopped them in the street to say with gladsome looks, My dear dads, how are you? When will you come to see me? No beggars implored them to bestow a trifle. No children asked them what it was o'clock. No man or woman ever once in all their lives inquired the way to such and such a place of Tim and Ted. Even the blind men's dogs appeared to know them, and when they saw them coming, would tug their owners into doorways and up courts, and then would wag their tails as though to say, no eye at all is better than a dad's eye. But what did Tim and Ted care? It was tech that they liked, and also classic rock, and they knew that tech required sacrifice. Once upon a time, of all the good days in the year on Christmas Eve, old Ted sat busy on his MacBook in his home office. He was on a cold, bleak, biting forum, peppins with all, and he could hear his wife-slash-long-term girlfriend outside goofing around with her masseuse-slash-ballroom dance instructor, Stefan, making a snowman or something. The door of Ted's home office suite was open, that he might keep an eye out for his stepson Emmett, who in a dismal little bedroom beyond, a sort of tank, was downloading cheat codes and posting violent, anti-father, anti-clown TikToks. Suddenly, a cheerful voice cried out, A Merry Christmas, Ted! Can I ask you a quick tech question? It was his former friend Marvin, who had let himself into Ted's home office despite the No Dogs Allowed sign on the door. Bah, said Ted. Humbug. Tech a humbug, Ted, said Marvin, pulling a pack of Skittles out of his coat pocket. You don't mean that, I'm sure. I do, actually, when it's coming from you, because I know you just want to know about downloading the Spotify app. Oh, come then. What right have you not to tell me how to download the Spotify app? If you know, you should be able to tell me. 
Ted, having no better answer on the spur of the moment, said, Humbug. Oh, don't be cross, Ted, said Marvin. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools as this? How do I download the Spotify app out upon the Spotify app? Does it ever occur to you that I am too busy to tell you? That I have lots of email passwords to reset? That my bank account got hacked again somehow? That I don't feel like telling you how to download it if I could work my will, said Ted indignantly. Every idiot who goes out with how do I download the Spotify app on his lips should be boiled in his own Mountain Dew and buried with headphone dongles through his heart. He should. I think you don't know how to download the Spotify app. And I think Tim doesn't know either. At this, the stepson in the bedroom involuntarily applauded, and he shouted out that his dad was a f***ing loser. Let me hear another sound from you, shouted Ted to his stepson. And your Minecraft servers are going to be deleted. At least that's what he meant to say. Actually, it sounded more like this. Emmett, can you st stop? Don't. I'm talking to my, I'm talking to my friend. Turning back to Marvin, Ted continued. You're quite a powerful speaker, sir. It's a wonder you don't start a podcast. And he immediately worried that Marvin would actually start a podcast because it's already an overcrowded field, especially when it comes to tech podcasts. Don't be angry, Ted. Come dine with us tomorrow at the Best Buy, said Marvin. I don't eat with dogs. Oh, I want nothing from you, Marvin cried, exasperated. Except instruction on how to download the Spotify app. Why cannot we be friends? Good afternoon, said Ted. I am sorry with all my heart to find you so resolute, said Marvin. We have never had any quarrel to which I have been a party, but I have made the trial in homage to Christmas, and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last, Spotify app or no. So a Merry Christmas, Ted. Go away, said Ted. Marvin left the room without an angry word. He stopped at the outer door to bestow the greetings of the season on Emmett, who, just to drive Ted crazy, walked Marvin to the door and was very polite and didn't call him an SOB or a POS even once. And that's not all, for his lunatic stepson, in letting Marvin out, had let two other people in. They were portly gentlemen, dad-like at a glance, and now stood with their fedoras off in Ted's home office. They had iPads and mobile chargers in their hands and bowed to him. Uh, these are the Tech Talk offices, I believe, said one of the gentlemen, referring to his list. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Ted or Mr. Tim? Tim's living in his wife's boyfriend's mother-in-law apartment, which you would know if you listen to our show. The gentleman nodded. We have no doubt his tech expertise is well represented by his partner. Uh, at this festive season of the year, Mr. Ted, said the gentleman, taking up an Apple pen for his iPad, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for those who have struggled this year. As you know, Randy Ramirez from the Best Buy has suffered some costly medical expenses and could use some support. Are there no kennels? Plenty of kennels, said the gentleman, laying down the Apple pen. And the dog catchers, are they still in operation? They are still, returned the gentleman, though I wish I could say they were not. Those racers in Alaska, they still need beasts to pull their sleds, do they not? Uh, as far as I know, sir, yes. I'm very glad to hear it. I was afraid from what you said at first that there were no places for lying, cheating dogs left. The man shuffled uncomfortably, and Ted noticed under his trench coat what he had already suspected, a Geek Squad shirt. 
Indeed, returned the gentleman. However, a few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund to buy Randy a new iPad Air so that he can watch Jack Reacher while he's recovering from his leg surgery. Uh, what shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous? I wish to be left alone. I don't make merry myself at Christmas, and I can't afford to make dogs merry. Seeing clearly that it would be useless to pursue their point, and seeing Ted's hand moving towards one of the katanas on the wall, while his other hand moved towards a bottle of regular-strength coke in his desk drawer, the gentleman withdrew. And Ted resumed his labors of posting on a forum about a particularly troublesome printer firmware update with an improved opinion of himself. Within the hour, Ted had been banned from the forum, along with his best friend Tim, who was posting from Dennis's house. With an ill will, Ted dismounted from his office chair and anxiously walked to the entrance of Emmett's room. You haven't posted any TikToks today, have you? Shut the f*** up, said Emmett. It's not nice, said Ted. And it's not fair, and I don't like it either, added Ted, switching into his clown voice. And yet, said Ted, you're filming me right now, aren't you? Emmett raised his phone with a smirk. Leave me alone, Emmett, said Ted, pulling back from the probing eye of his stepson's live stream. Leave me alone. The son only smiled and followed Ted out of the room with his iPhone lens. There, Sarah and her dance instructor were back inside, and Ted was politely asked what he was doing in the house, since they had already told him that they needed space and they would tell him when he could come back in, and asked if he would please retire to his sleeping chamber in the Prius at the back of the driveway until further notice. Ted grabbed a melancholy dinner of Snickers off the counter and retired to his Prius, where, having read all the tech forums he was not banned from, he would beguile the rest of the evening trying to get his iPad to turn on. It is a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the handle on the Prius door, except that it was one of those ones where there's no keyhole, you just have the key fob in your pocket and you put your hands near the handle and it unlocks automatically. So then let any man explain to me, if he can, how it happened that Ted, waving his hand over the handle of the Prius, trying to get it to unlock, saw in the handle Craig Linguini's face. It was not angry or ferocious, but looked at Ted as Craig used to look at him in the Apple video, with stylish tousled hair, a warm smile, and a slender frame. But as Ted looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was a handle again. To say that he was not startled, or that his blood was not conscious of a terrible sensation to which it had been a stranger from infancy, would be untrue. But he put his hand upon the door handle, pulled it, pulled it again, took out the key fob, clicked the button, pulled it again, clicked the key button, pulled it, and pulled it again, and finally, he opened the door. Driver's seat, passenger seat, DVD collection, fun opticon, egg steamers, clown outfit, all was as it should be. Quite satisfied, Ted closed the Prius door and locked himself in, double-locked himself in, which was not his custom, but he couldn't get the electric key to work properly. Thus secured against surprise, he took off his fedora and stretched out as best he could behind the steering wheel. As he threw his head back in the seat, his glance happened to rest upon an iPod, a disused iPod touch that lay at the feet of the passenger seat. And it was with great astonishment and with a strange inexplicable dread that as he looked, he saw this iPod Touch light up and begin to play. It played so softly in the outset that it scarcely made a sound, but soon it rang out loudly, and throughout the Prius echoed the sounds of Neil Young's Cowgirl in the Sand. It might have lasted half a minute or a minute, but it seemed ten minutes and six seconds, because it is a very long song. Then the playing ceased as it had begun. 
but it was succeeded by a wheezing noise deep below, as if some person were trying to load Salon.com, Rolling Stone, and CNN on their laptop all at once. Ted remembered to have heard that ghosts in haunted houses, and presumably haunted Priuses too, were described as trying to access buggy, ad-laden websites. Suddenly, the Prius door flew open with a booming sound, and through the door a specter passed into the car. I know him! It's Craig's ghost! This presentation of A Techmas Carol is brought to you by Uncle Rodney's Roofing Supply. All your roofing needs under one roof. Although don't come in if you're wearing the color red. Because Uncle Rodney has a very strong trigger response to that hue. If you would like to report a problem with your roof made by Uncle Rodney's Roofing Supply, please enter the shed at the back of his house. I mean, don't. I Actually, mean, this don't now, do this that. Is, this yeah. is us saying this now. Don't. Yeah, that's a one-way trip, that shed. Don't do it. And so thank you. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the show. There stood Craig Linguini. The same face, the very same. The same blue-colored shirt, the same khakis, the same boyish haircut, the same calming smile. And sure enough, in his hand he held a laptop that was trying to load five different websites, causing the fan to screech in pain and exhaustion. Craig, what, what do you want with me? Much. It was Craig's voice, no doubt about it. Do you know when the new iPhone is coming out? No. What about iOS 15? No, said the ghost. Yeah, well then what do you know? You don't believe in me, said the ghost. Well, it just seems like you would know if you'd been up in H with Steve, you know? Listen to me, Ted, said the ghost. This laptop is trying to load Salon.com, CNN, Rolling Stone, my bank account, and Facebook. Do you hear the fan? I loaded these sites link by link in my life. I girded it of my own free will, and you have labored on it since. Craig. Old Craig Linguini, I would never tell you to go to so many websites at once and never to salon.com speak comfort to me, Craig. I have none to give, said the Ghost Apple Senior VP of Software Engineering. At this time of the year, I suffer most. Why did I walk through crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to a poor abode? Were there no poor homes to which its light could have conducted me? Ted was very bored hearing Craig talk about poor people, and he began to yawn, which wasn't rude. It's just something he did sometimes when he was bored. Hear me, cried the ghost. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. You will be haunted by three spirits. Is it Emmett and Stefan? No, it's much more than that. Expect the first tomorrow when the iPhone alarm tolls one. 1 p.m.? Look, I don't really know if I'll be up by then. No, 1 a.m. Ah, okay. Couldn't I take all the ghosts at once? You know, like right now, just sort of have it over with? No! Expect the second on the next night at the same hour, the third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve on your iPhone alarm has ceased to vibrate. When it had said these words, Ghost Craig walked through the Prius door, winked in that way that only he could, and was gone. 
Ted set a timer for 1 a.m. on his phone and began to text his best friend Tim that he had seen Craig and he didn't know when the new phones were coming out. But Siri was offline, so he couldn't send a message to Tim. And whether from the emotions he had undergone, or the fatigues of the day, or his glimpse of the invisible world, or the boring conversation with Craig, or the lateness of the hour, or the sugar crash from the regular strength coke, Ted fell asleep in an instant. This year's presentation of A Techmas Carol is brought to you by Uncle Rodney's Roofing Supply. Uncle Rodney has a special message for the men who keep coming and going in front of his house. He knows who you are, and he knows that you know each other. And if the law won't do something about it, he'll take matters into his own hands. So if you're one of the men who's uh, apparently just hanging out in front of his house, I'm not quite sure what's going on exactly. Apparently yeah. there are people who... I, I just want to say, if you know... He lives over kind of past back behind the old Kmart there. Don't just don't go in that area if you can help yeah, it. Yeah, it's really he has it's it, he, for your safety. You know, this is a PSA. He has it in his head that there are some people who have something planned. Uncle Rodney sees a conspiracy in in anything, and and the fact is, you guys stand a little too close together. I know you might be really good friends, but you all maybe you, you're you just walking past each other close. on the street. Yeah, you know, I don't exactly. I, I, I don't even think it. there's anything. Yeah, yeah. So don't go by that house. It's the one that has the roof that's kind of uh, sagging there. Yeah, so. and that's tech talk guaranteed. All right, back to the show. Back to the show. When Ted awoke, the car battery was dead, and so he could not see what time it was, but he had set a timer to go off when it was 1 a.m., and he listened for the alarm. Alas, the alarm didn't go off, because iOS 14 ruined timers. So he looked at his phone instead, and it said 1 a.m. Ah, the hour itself, said Ted triumphantly, and nothing else. Then, a light flashed upon the Prius upon the instant, and the window of the driver's seat was slowly rolled down, even though the battery was dead. Outside the car stood, nay, floated, a strange figure. Like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man, viewed through some supernatural medium which gave him the appearance of having receded from the view and being diminished to a child's proportions. It was Zaya Twelve. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderest bloom was on the skin. The arms were very long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. Its legs and feet, most delicately formed, were, like those upper members, bare. It wore a tunic of the purest white, and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt. But the strangest thing about it was that from the crown of its head there sprung a bright, clear jet of light by which all this was visible. Also, it was wearing a Tesla cap, probably given to it by its father, Elon. You are Zaya 12. I can tell by your little thug tattoos on your cheeks. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am, said Zaya 12. I am the ghost of Tech Past. Oh my god, are we going to the garage in Los Altos with Stephen Was? No, no. Your past. Oh. What's Elon's house like, though? Quiet. Zaya 12 exclaimed. Rise and walk with me. Wait. C- can we get my friend Tim? I know he's not doing anything since it's Christmas Eve and he almost certainly had his phone taken away from him. Fine, responded Zaya 12, the space baby ghost. But then we're going. As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall of the Prius and suddenly stood upon an open beach. The cabin had entirely vanished. The darkness and the mist had vanished too with it, for it was a clear, cold winter day. Also, Ted's best friend Tim was there. Ted, exclaimed Tim. Merry Christmas! Wait, what happened? Are we dead? Are we... Oh, are we dead? Are we dead? No, sorry, but 
I saw Craig's ghost and he told me spirits would be coming to hang out tonight and then Zaya 12 showed up. Tim noticed Zaya 12 in all of his prestige and glory and immediately bowed. Greetings, good musk baby. Is there any chance you could tell us what Elon's house is like on the inside? Silence! Said Zaya 12. And behold! The two dads looked about them. Yeah, it's a S beach, so what? Said Tim. Good heavens! Said Ted, clasping his hands together as he looked about him. I was a boy here. Wait, this is where Gerald threw you in the water? Your lip is trembling. Said Zaya 12. And what is that upon your cheek? A tear? Nothing... No, it isn't. Look, why are we here? There's no tech. Let us go on, said Zaya 12. They walked along the road, and Ted recognized every gate, every post, and every tree, all of it very boring, and none of it having any tech. They passed a school, and Zaya 12 remarked, The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child neglected by his friends is left there still. Yeah, his friends are ass. Look, this is boring. It is boring, agreed Tim. Uh, Zaya 12, what's it like being Elon's baby? Yeah, uh, we really want to know. Do you sleep in a Tesla? But Zaya 12 acted like he didn't hear Tim and Ted and led them past the school towards a certain door. It was a radio shack. I was apprenticed here. My first job in tech. They went in and at the sight of an old gentleman in a no fear shirt sitting behind the checkout counter eating Twizzlers, Ted cried in great excitement. Why, it's old Fezziwig. Glenn Fezziwig, bless his heart, alive again. Old Fezziwig lay down his palm pilot and looked at his watch, which pointed to the hour of seven. He rubbed his hands, adjusted his capacious t-shirt, laughed all over himself, and called out in a comfortable, oily, rich, fat, jovial voice, Yo-ho there, Ted! Ted's former self, now grown a young man but not yet a dad, came briskly in. He wore a shirt that said, I'm sorry, tell me about your problems again, and carried a mere half-liter of Mountain Dew. Also, his co-worker Gary was there. Yo-ho, my boy, said Fezziwig. No more work tonight. Christmas Eve, Ted. Christmas Eve, Gary. Clear away, my lads, and let's have lots of room here before a man can say Steve Wozniak. It was done in a minute. Every RCA cable was straightened, the Dell and Compaq laptops all placed on their shelves, the lamp timers were trimmed, the thermostat was turned up, and the radio shack was as snug and warm and dry and bright a ballroom as you would desire to see upon a winter's night. Tim, proclaimed Ted, this is what I was telling you about. At Christmas, old Fezzy Wig would throw the most wonderful parties at the radio shack. They watched eagerly as Fezziwig got off his stool with some difficulty, took a deep breath and proclaimed, Boys, let's turn on all the TVs and watch who wants to be a millionaire and play with all the remote control cars. On went the TVs, out came the Mountain Dew, Sprite and regular Coke bottles. You've never seen three men laughing and panting and sweating with such joy. Help yourself to some Twizzlers, my lads, and free cell phone chargers, shouted Fezziwig. My divorce just went through. I remember this day well, said Ted. He was fired the next day. Tim and Ted both wiped a tear from their eyes. What is the matter? Asked Zaya 12. Nothing. Leave me alone. Something, I think. The baby spirit insisted. No, no, I'm just embarrassed about how excited we were, even though tech was kind of ass back then. Well, my time grows short. Suddenly, the radio shack faded away. Quick, we're going to see your father. Ah, uh, no, 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 thanks. Okay, Tim, do you want to see your dad? No, 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 thank you, no. Ah, 
Well, in that case... Wait, said Tim. While we're here, Ted, we can go see your old girlfriend, the model. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. She's probably busy. Uh, who? When Ted was young, he dated a model, he told me, and she loved tech. Yeah, no, but it's not important. I was not aware of any girlfriend, said the space baby, perplexed. And my time is nearly done. Oh, well, next time. Uh, we better get going. Yes, said the old baby. But first we have one last stop. Now again, Ted saw himself. He was older, a dad in the prime of his life. His face had not the harsh and rigid lines of later years, but it had begun to wear the signs of care and avarice. And he was not alone, but sat on a bench by the side of a young boy full of life. Could it be? Yes, it was Emmett. They were at the Apple Store. Now, when they come over, remain quiet. They are going to tease me, but it's only because they like me. Ted said softly to the young boy. By Steve, whispered Ted to Zaya 12 and Tim. I remember this day. It's the first time I took Emmett to the Apple Store. They watched as a trendy young man approached Ted's younger self, iPad in hand. Oh, it's you again, said the man. What happened? Did you sit on your iPad again? No, I lost my Apple ID again when I flushed the piece of paper I had written on it down the toilet. Thank you very much. Suddenly, a look of horror showed on Ted's face. Spirit, no, please. You must watch. In a flash, a group of Genius Bar employees had gathered around Ted, laughing, pointing, calling him American Idiot and Toilet Dad. Show me no more! Conduct me home! Why do you delight to torture me? One shadow more. No more! But the relentless ghost baby pinioned him in both arms and forced him to observe what happened next. There was Ted withering under the barrage of anti-dad abuse from the employees. When, as if in slow motion, Emmett stood from the bench and approached him. Ted watched as his younger self looked to his stepson with hope and fear and fatherly vulnerability. But the boy's lips twisted into a cruel smile, and he said, You f And he joined the Genius Bar employees as they laughed and pointed at Ted. Thaya 12, remove me from this place. I told you these were shadows of the things that have been, said the baby. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. Remove me. I cannot bear it. He turned upon the space baby and began to wrestle with it. But the struggle, if it can be called a struggle, was short-lived, as Ted quickly found himself overwhelmed with exhaustion and suddenly back in the Prius. He barely had time to check Mac rumors before he sank into a heavy sleep. You've been enjoying a Techmas Carol with Tech Talk. And now a message from our sponsor, Uncle Rodney's Roofing Supply. Could the man who delivers the bread please get the order right? Because Uncle Rodney knows where you live and he's been saving and picking out all the raisins from the loaves. If you don't want to have all those raisins shoved down your chimney, Please get the order right. Yeah. I've seen the pile of raisins. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like my BBC voice? It was really, really good. Yeah. I wish we had been doing that from the beginning, but yeah. it's okay. And coming up next on BBC Two, it's a Techmas Carol. Followed by Sunny Down Lane. Father Twombly's got himself in trouble this year with the Weeble Wobbles. Can Mrs. Hastings get her act together before Dr. Carnival gets to town? Find out on Sunny Down Lane. Coming up next on BBC Three, Abbott Beverford goes to a cake-making competition in the wonderful garden towns of Surrey. 
And this Tuesday, don't mix the season premiere of Doc Bastard. Doc Bastard's a hell of a doctor and a hell of a bastard. And you're going to want to watch as he tells this small town that they're all S. I'm a doctor and I've got one word for you, village. You're all Doc Bastard, my son's got a terrible infection. You stupid How dare you bring this child to me? It would be my joy to watch him die. Ah, Doc Bastard, uh, it's your turn to judge the annual uh, cake-making competition down in the green. Oh, the first prize goes to that wee little bastard for having the face of a bastard, and the second prize goes to the other wee bastard for being a... Doc Bastard, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I'm in love with you. Well, the feeling's not mutual, missy. I've got a shotgun shell with each of your names written on it, and it's just a matter of time before I put you all in the ground. Don't miss Doc Bastard on BBC Six. And now, back to a Tecmas Carol. Ted awoke in the middle of a prodigiously tough snore, as he had been unable to power his sleep apnea mask due to the Prius's battery being dead. Additionally, he had a painful feeling in his stomach due to the fact that Sarah and Stefan had forgotten to buy him a new package of Tums, even though he asked them like three times yesterday, and he felt that he would soon have to use one of his sweat lodges as an outdoor toilet. But no sooner had Ted's hand touched the Prius handle than a strange and familiar voice called him by his name. Ted, my boy! Suddenly, he was no longer in the Prius, but in his old home office from before he was kicked out of the cabin. But it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceilings were hung with vintage Mac posters that he could never have afforded on eBay. On the desk stood not just an iMac, but a Mac Mini and a Mac Pro. And heaped up on the floor to form a kind of throne were iPads, iPods, iPod Touches, wireless headphones, Bluetooth speakers, Google Glasses, MacBooks, MacBook Airs, Apple Watches, dongles, charging cubes, iTunes gift cards, and even the fabled Apple wireless charging mat. And in an easy state upon this throne, there sat a jolly giant, glorious to see, a man of grey dreadlocks who held up high up to shed its light on Ted, a silver goblet of chowder. Come in, exclaimed Gareth, and know me better, man. Ted entered timidly and hung his head before Gareth. Though his eyes were clear and kind, he did not like to meet them, as the last time they had met, Gareth had technically tried to kill him with a bullet chowder. Look at me! I'm the ghost of Tech Present! Ted reverently did so. Gareth was clothed in one simple green robe, bordered with white fur. I got this robe from a man who lives in the old blockbuster video! It's a hundred percent weasel fur! Wow, Gareth. Cool. I bet you've never heard Dave Matthews sound like this before! And Gareth pressed play on his phone, and one of the Bluetooth speakers began playing a very, very slow version of Dave Matthews' band's Where Are You Going? Never. Well, that's my personal brand, and if you touch that, you're dead. You're dead, you hear that? That's great, Gareth. Look, uh, if we're gonna go somewhere, can we just leave? Last night, Zaya 12 actually did visit me and take me back to the past and, and did show me that... Well, really, the past is kind of full of S tech. And so if you're going to teach me something, can it please be about tech? Because I'm really not interested in anything else. Touch my robe! Why? I want you to feel the weasel. You know, they say weasel is the closest animal to man, but the farthest from God. Ted did as he was told and held it fast. 
The weasel skin had an oily texture, which he gathered was more from Gareth than from the animal. Suddenly, the iPads, iPhones, iPods, iPod Touches, MacBooks, MacBook Pros, iPad Airs, all vanished instantly. So did the room and the hour of the night, and they stood in the city streets on Christmas morning, where the people, jovial and full of glee, scraped the snow from the pavement in front of their dwellings. They called out to one another and now and then exchanged good-natured snowballs, laughing heartily. Gareth, this is boring. Yes, said Gareth. But do you see that man right there? I slept with his sister. Huh. Ted nodded and they flew onward. Next, they found themselves in a very familiar parking lot. The Best Buy! Oh, the Best Buy! Closed with both sliding doors locked, but through those doors such glimpses. There by the Genius Bar, Marvin raising a glass of Mountain Dew with Randy and the other members of the Geek Squad as Uptown Funk rang out from the Beats by Dre display. And there, pressed against the glass at the door, Grady, Darby, the entire car park crew, salivating and pawing at the glass. Why, old Grady was even muttering incantations and waving his hand over a Neil Young live DVD. On Gareth and Ted went, invisible as they had been before, into the suburbs, over the crater of Tim's collapsed house, out of town, and into the woods, straight to Sarah's cabin. And on the threshold of the door, Gareth smiled, poured some chowder on the welcome mat, and led them both in. I'm not actually allowed in the cabin. Have no fear, my boy! We're invisible! Wearing capes does not make us invisible. We already learned that. No, we're really invisible! Look! And he reached out and knocked over a princess die plate, which broke. Oh, well, nevertheless! No sooner had Gareth spoken these words than Ted's partner, former partner, well, it's complicated, Sarah, and her live-in masseuse and ballroom dance instructor Stefan entered the room. Oh, how they laughed, how they danced about the room, how Stefan stretched and how Sarah oiled him up. Such love between a ballroom dance enthusiast and her instructor had never been seen before. Boo, this is boring. Why, where's Emmett? cried Stefan. Ah, not coming, said Sarah, admiring her newly repaired Nordic furniture. Not coming, said Stefan, upon Christmas Day. He said he was too busy on Fortnite, said Sarah sadly. Stefan looked crestfallen. Ha <laughs> ha! It begins. The sun's wrath comes for us all, Stefan. Just watch, said Gareth. Suddenly, they all noticed something moving in the drapes. Stefan looked to the curtains and grabbed a fire poker, sure that it was Ted hiding inside again. But from behind the curtains, he heard stifled laughter. Stefan smiled wildly and pulled back the curtains, and there stood Emmett, who collapsed in a fit of giggles. Fortnite, eh? said Stefan and began to laugh. Sarah couldn't help herself, and soon they were all laughing and rolling on the floor. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us, said Stefan. Bless us everyone, said Emmett. And he sat very close to his mother's live-in masseuse slash ballroom dance instructor. And Stefan held his withered little gamer's hand in his. Gareth, said Ted, with an interest he had never felt before. Tell me what type of Apple Watch Stefan is wearing. Uh, it appears to be a brand new Series 6 with a custom strap and a custom engraving, replied the ghost. He doesn't even care about tech. Say it isn't so. But suddenly Ted heard his own name. To Ted, said Stefan. Ted, the founder of the feast. Sarah's face darkened. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, said Stefan, if he hadn't effed the cabin, I wouldn't have moved in. And it is Christmas Day. 
Well, I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, said Sarah. Not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy with his tech, I have no doubt. Aha! See? She still loves me. I'll be moving back very soon, I reckon. By this time it was getting dark and the snow was falling heavily, and Ted and Gareth left the house and flew back into town to visit one of Gareth's friends who he said he had to see really quick. But it turned out it was just a mailbox that he had mailed something in and he didn't mean to, and Ted had to help him try to knock it over and break into it for like half an hour or so. Then they returned to their travels, and before Ted knew it, they stood upon a bright doorstep. What place is this? Look, said Gareth, and listen! It was a great surprise to Ted to hear a hearty laugh. It was a much greater surprise to Ted to recognize it as his best friend Tim's, and to find himself in a bright, dry, gleaming room with the spirit standing smiling by his side and looking at that same friend with approving affability. Laughed Tim. Ha 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 ha! Tim, what are you laughing at? He can't hear you, said Gareth. Yes, I can, said Tim. Oh! W- welcome to the mother in law apartment. Sorry, it's kind of S. There's still a lot of old lady stuff here that Dennis says he doesn't want to have to think about right now, which is kind of like, uh, okay, well, whatever. Anyway, I was just laughing because earlier I was in the main house when they were all out getting ice cream, and I set up a Zoom call, and I left it on, and now I can see everything that they're saying and doing. Tim gestured to a laptop, and sure enough, there was a grainy Zoom video call showing a view of the main room, and there were Grace, Dennis, and Corey gathered around the table eating ice cream. I just think he's struggling even more than I realized, Dennis was saying. More shame for him, Dennis, said Grace indignantly. I told you, it's Christmas. I don't want to talk about him today of all days. He's a comical fellow, said Dennis. Not so pleasant as he might be. However, his offenses carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him. He's a loser, said Corey. Tim, this is very depressing, said Gareth. Why don't we turn this off and we can all go play scratch ticket machines at the gas station? My friend works there and he's got the key. No, it's fun, said Tim. Shh, quiet. Dennis, I swear to God, if you keep talking about him, you're going to spend the night in that apartment with him, said Grace. Oh, that's gotta hurt, said Tim. I was only going to say, said Dennis, that the consequence of his taking a dislike to us and not making merry with us is, as I think, that he loses some pleasant moments, which could do him no harm. I'm sure he loses pleasanter companions than he can find in his own thoughts, either in that moldy old office or that dusty old RV he hangs out in. I mean, I pity him. Yeah, I pity you too, you SOB. Come over here and say that to my face. They're playing a game. This is going to be so stupid. It was a game called Yes and No, where Corey had to think of something and the rest of the family had to find out what. The rapid fire of questioning to which he was exposed elicited from him that he was thinking of an animal, a live animal, rather a disagreeable animal, a savage animal, an animal that growled and grunted sometimes and lived in the neighborhood and wasn't made a show of and like tech and, and was S, was an SOB, he was a POS, he was effing S, he was P, he should D, he should effing D. He should jump off a C. He should J his P and then yeah. go D and put a H in his Pull H. Pull down a um, H. Yeah. At last, Dennis leapt up from his seat and cried out, I know what it is. It's Tim. And the whole family laughed and patted him on the back. Yeah, see, this is why I didn't want to go to dinner with them, said Tim. Did they invite you? No. But before Ted could respond, the whole scene passed in the breath of a word, and before he knew it, Ted and Gareth were again flying upon their travels. Forgive me if I'm not justified in what I ask. 
said Ted, looking intently at Gareth's robe. But I see something strange and not belonging to yourself protruding from your skirts. Is it a foot or a claw? Oh, well, um, uh, well, uh, look here. And from the foldings of his robe, Gareth brought forth a MacBook Pro. On the MacBook was a sticker with the words University Property written on it. Gareth, Tim just bought that for Dennis with his own allowance. Yes, I know, but I need it for my trip, said Gareth, tucking the MacBook back into its robe. I'm going back to Thailand. I need some travel cash. Ted was about to ask Gareth how much he wanted for the MacBook when his iPhone alarm struck 12. Ted looked about him, but Gareth was gone. As the iPhone alarm began to vibrate, he remembered the predictions of old Craig Linguini, and lifting up his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground towards him. You're listening to A Techmas Carol, brought to you by Uncle Rodney's Roofing Surface. Uncle Rodney doesn't know why everything has to be so GD complicated these days. It used to be when you wanted to make a deal with someone, you just made a deal. There was none of this effing around. And now everyone's, um, I'm not going to read this part. Anyway, he doesn't know why everyone can't just deal with things without having to bring in a GD lawyer. And this is for you, Maveen. If you are unhappy with the terms of the settlement, you should have said something before you... Ran off with, um, I don't want to say that either. Yeah, sex cult. Yeah. I'll say it. Sex cult. Yeah, I mean, that's his words, not ours, but not can't ours. confirm. This feels like maybe this should maybe actually have been done through Uncle Rodney's lawyer, so um, I'm yeah. just going to say if you want a new roof, there's no one better in the business. Well, there's no one better in the business who's willing to do work without making anyone sign any contracts. Okay, back to the show. The Phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. It was shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. Am I in the presence of the ghost of tech yet to come? The spirit answered not, but pointed onward with its hand. You are about to show me shadows of things that have not happened but will happen in time before us. Is that so, spirit? The upper portion of the garment was contracted for an instant in its folds, as if the spirit had inclined its head. And that was the only answer Ted received. Ghost of Tech Future, I fear you more than any spectre I have seen. But as I know your purpose to be good, I am prepared to bear your company, and I do so with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? What's the new iPhone going to be like? How many cameras will it have? What about iOS 15? The spirit gave no reply. Look, just nod if the iPhone will have two cameras on the front. But the phantom moved away as it had come towards him. Ted followed, being sure that whether through repeated nagging or through the pathetic defense, he would get the tech secrets out of the ghost. Suddenly the city sprung up about them. The spirit stopped beside a little knot of businessmen. Observing that the hand was pointed to them, Ted advanced to listen to their talk. I don't know much about it either way, said a painfully thin man in the damp trench coat. I only know they're dead, and they owed me money. I was about to find that login info. When did they die, inquired a woman wearing a business suit and a clown nose. Last night, I believe, said the thin man, as he pulled a bottle out of his jacket, which immediately fell onto the cobblestones. What have they done with their money? asked a purple-faced gentleman, with one eye squinched shut. I gave them $10,000 for their idiot podcast. How do you think I feel? Said the man in the wet coat. 
I've been working nonstop to get their Patreon login info. And he seemed about to say more, but stopped. And everyone assembled realized that he had thrown up in his mouth a little bit. They never paid me back for my last business consultation, said the clown businesswoman. It's going to be a pretty cheap funeral, said the purple-faced man. I'm not paying for it. I heard that his son is going to hire little pee-pee shooter to perform, said the woman. I don't mind going if a lunch is provided, observed the damp man, struggling to get his fingers around the bottle on the ground. But only if there's an open bar. And at this, he lunged for the bottle one last time and fell into a slow tumble, which carried him away down the street like a great hoop. The gathered crowd watched him roll away and wondered how it was that since the street was so level, he was able to propel himself forward. Wow, I'm glad I'm not the POS who's having a little peepee shooter at his funeral, said Ted. Now, Spirit, please tell me, will the new iMac have the chip in it? But the Phantom pointed its finger to another small meeting of two men. Ted listened in, thinking that the answer might lie here. How are you, said the one. How are you, returned the other. Well, said the first, they got their own at last, eh? Ah, so I'm told, returned the second. Cold, isn't it? No, well, seasonable for Christmas time. Uh, you're not a skater, I suppose. No, no, something else to think of. Good morning. And they parted without another word. Spirit, that conversation was literally the most boring thing I've ever heard. I think I know stalling when I see it, so can you just tell me when I was 15 will be coming out? Quiet, said the spirit. I was 15 is probably coming out next fall. That's when they usually come out. Oh, hush. They left the busy scene and went into an obscure part of town where Ted had rarely been before, as it was past where the old Circuit City was. There the ways were foul and narrow, the shops and houses wretched, alleys and archways like so many cesspools disgorged their offenses of smell and dirt and life upon the straggling streets, and the whole quarter reeked with crime, filth, and misery. Far in this den of infamous resort, there was a low-browed beetling shop below a penthouse roof, where old beaten-up iPads, iPods, MacBooks, and especially Microsoft computers were bought and sold. Sitting in among the wares he dealt in, by a Dell desktop with the picture of a fireplace on it, was a long-haired rascal, nearly seventy years of age. Ted and the Phantom came into the presence of this man, just as two women with heavy bundles slunk into the shop. Well, well... What do you have for me tonight? Said the old man in a threatening high-pitched voice. Why, I know this man. We fought with him in the rumble at the Best Buy. But wait, those are my things. Indeed, the first woman had turned her sack upside down, and out of it had fallen a clown nose, floppy shoes, a katana, some Oakleys, a pair of burlap underwear, and a fedora. Drag Race examined them all carefully before saying, Thirty dollars? Thirty dollars, said Ted. Why, that fedora alone cost me sixty. Okay, who's next, said Drag Race. The other woman was next, and out of her bag she dumped an iPad, an iPod Touch, an Apple Watch with a custom strap, a MacBook Pro, and a journal marked Secret Siri Drawings for Ted and Tim's Eyes Only. Those are mine, and they're private. Drag Race examined the pile carefully and said, Thirty-five, and an extra five for the book of nudie pictures. What about the laptop, said the woman. That's got to be worth at least thirty bucks on its own. More like one hundred times that, said Ted. Nah, it's a Mac. No one wants Mac anymore. Every serious tech lover uses Microsoft. I mean, you got to have the, the ability to go in there and actually change settings without it frickin' dying, said Drag Race. No, said Ted. That's true, said the other woman. I've heard Microsoft makes the best computers around, and Bill Gates is such a nice man. Spirit, merciful heaven, what is this? 
Please remove us from this place. He recoiled in terror and the scene suddenly changed. Now they were at the foot of a bed on which beneath a ragged sheet lay something covered up. A cat was tearing at the door and there was a sound of gnawing rats beneath the hearthstone. Somewhere, Ted heard a duck. Spirit, this is a terrible place with no tech at all. Let us go. Still, the ghost pointed with an unmoved finger to the body on the bed. He's D and his life is S. I get it. But those people were stealing my stuff and I want to go to the Prius before they can take any more. And suddenly they were back in the woods. Ted hastened to the window of his Prius and looked in. It was his Prius, but none of his things were there. No iPad, no iPod, no twin egg steamers, nothing. The phantom pointed into the woods. Is my stuff over there? Said Ted. He joined the spirit once again and accompanied it until they reached an iron gate, a churchyard. The spirit stood among the graves and pointed down to one. Ted crept towards it, trembling as he went, and he read upon the stone of the neglected grave his own name. Tech Ted Steiner. Dad. Tech lover. P.O.S. I don't get it. Why is my name on that grave? The spirit pointed from the grave back to Ted. Yeah, I'm here, so who's this? The spirit pointed at the grave. I know it says my name, but why if I'm here? The finger pointed from the grave to him and then back to at the grave and then back to him. Right, but I'm here. Oh. It's me. I'm D. The hooded figure nodded. Oh. Well, wait, what's that? Ted looked beyond his gravestone to another in the shadows. A smaller grave, beautiful, engraved with tasteful nudes. On the stone read the words, Siri, assistant, lover, friend. No, 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 spirit, no. The ghost nodded again. Spirit. He clutched at the spirit's robe. Hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been, but for this intercourse, by which I mean us talking, not, you know, um... For the first time, the spirit's hand appeared to shake. Good spirit, assure me that I may change these shadows. I will do anything. Uh, I'm really happy to hear you say that, said the spirit, and it removed its hood. There before Ted, his Geek Squad badge gleaming, his haircut resplendent, stood Randy. Are you kidding me? What are you effing kid? Are you effing kidding me, Randy? You're the spirit of tech future? More like the spirit of dog future? Puppy future? Ted, Ted, said Randy. Ted, I'm just trying to help you. You know, a lot of us are worried about you. And look, what you've seen tonight does not need to come to pass. There's still time. Sorry, I don't take my advice from strays. Okay. All, all right. right. I yeah. thought we could talk. I thought Get we could talk. Here, I thought Scooby we could have Doo. a conversation. Yeah, have a great time with Marvin. He's around here somewhere, isn't he? I just want to know how to download the app, said Marvin from behind a gravestone. Marvin! Just go J off a C. Seriously. Uh, please, Ted, begged Randy. Before it's too late. Come on, Ted. I'd rather, look, I, honestly, I'd rather D than spend another second here with you. Please, Steve, lightning bolt me now. Lightning bolt me now. And holding up his hands in a last prayer to have his fate reversed, Ted watched as Randy's hood and dress changed. It shrunk, collapsed, and dwindled down into a steering wheel. And, and say hello to your wife, added Ted. Techmas Carol is brought to you by Uncle Rodney's Roofing Service. Uncle Rodney's Roofing Service would like everyone to know that in addition to cash and check, he accepts payment in the form of preserved meats. Uncle Rodney will eat any meat as long as it has been alive within the last 
month, it says. Um, I mean, I'm just assuming refrigerated. Uh, that includes venison, moose, elk, dog, cat, pig, and all the regular forest animals. That's just what it says on the and the release here. And that's the uh, Tech Talk guarantee. That is, yeah, Tech Talk okay. guarantee. Um, okay, back to the show. And yes, the steering wheel was his own. Well, technically it was Sarah's, but she didn't even use the car anymore, so it was pretty much his own. And the iPad was his own, and the fedora was his own. They're not stolen. And best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own. I gotta call Tim, Ted shouted, falling out of the Prius. He was so flustered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice could scarcely be understood by Siri when he asked her to call Tech Tim. I don't know what to do, cried Ted, laughing and crying in the same breath. I'm light as a feather. I'm happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a son, but also not a POS. A Merry Christmas to everyone. A happy new year to the world. Hello here. Woo hoo hoo. Hello. Really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh. A most illustrious laugh. The father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. I don't know what the day of the month it is. I don't know how long I've been with the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm Elon's baby. Suddenly he heard a noise from the house. Emmett bringing out the trash. What's today? cried Ted to the boy. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to be this close to the house, said Emmett. What's today, my fine son? Mom, said Emmett. Stefan! And he ran back inside. It's Christmas Day, said Ted to himself. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. But Tim, Siri, call Tim now. I didn't quite get that, said Siri. How glad I am to hear your voice. Call Tech Tim, please, Siri. Calling Gerald. No, 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 said Ted, and he put in Tim's phone number by himself. Tim? Tim, is that you? Hello? Ted? Yeah, it's me. It's really good to hear your voice, man. Ted? Sorry, are you, I can't hear you. Are you muted? No, no. Can you call me back on FaceTime? No, 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 I'm out of data. No. Oh, uh, okay. I'll turn the volume up. Sorry, what's up? I had the most incredible dream. I need to tell you all about it in person, but we must go to the Best Buy. But you're at the cabin. That's okay. I'll take Stefan's car. He leaves the keys under the back tire, and he thinks I don't know. Okay, I'll see you soon. And, and Ted, it's not the Siri dream again, because, I mean, like, you've, you have told me about that one. Yeah, no, 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 it's different dream. D d different. Okay. Oh, okay. We oh, don't no, have okay. to go back cool. over that. That's fine. No, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good dream. I just have... Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. no, 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 right, I'll, be I'll see you soon. Drive safe, yeah. go easy on the Coke. Yep, you got it. No worries. And a mere eight hours and four liters of regular Coke later, Ted was back in the Best Buy parking lot. Why, there was Grady sharpening a DVD case into a knife. And there was Darby going through the trash looking for something. A Merry Christmas, Grady. A Merry Christmas, Darby. A Merry Christmas, Tim. The two dads embraced, but... Not front to front, just side to side, like a dad. Like, n nothing t nothing on the front touched. Yeah, just, that's how we did on the side, yep. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, Dennis, shouted Ted, for Dennis was waiting in the car. Ted, what, what happened in your dream? I, I only have like 10 or 15 minutes. I told Dennis you were having a nervous breakdown. Quite the opposite, my friend. I've never felt better. I had the most incredible dream last night where I was visited by the ghosts of tech past, present, and future. Was it boring? Parts of it were, yeah. But they showed me my whole life, and I realized something amazing. <gasps> what was it? I've never done anything wrong in my life, and neither have you. 
We just have to keep doing what we're doing and keep loving tech and classic rock and everything will be fine. Hooray, said Tim. Hey, Randy will be getting here soon. Let's hide and ambush him at the loading dock. But it's Christmas. The Best Buy won't be open today, so Randy won't be here. Yes, he will, said Tim. I called him and told him there was a fire. He's on his way now. <laughs> Hooray. I'll never apologize to Randy, and I'll never stop making tech talk. And Ted was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Siri, who did not die, he cared for the rest of his life. He became as good a friend, as good a dad, as good a podcast host, and as good a clown as he knew how to be. And anyone who said otherwise wasn't being fair to him. He had no further interaction with the spirits, except for Gareth, who we saw a couple times after that, and Randy, obviously, at the Best Buy. But he lived happily ever afterwards, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep tech well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of us, and all of us. And so, as Siri observed, Tech bless us, each and every one.